0: Weeks ago, I started a sermon series at our church titled as King of Kings, King of Kings. Especially during the time of Christmas. Uh, around the month of December, I tried to take our church into a journey of Advent, which is, uh, uh, you know, rekindling our fire and expectancy for the return of Christ. And if Jesus Christ came in the first place, uh, all the promises about Jesus' second coming will be fulfilled as well. And we believe Maranatha, our God, is going to come back very soon. Are you believe- Do you believe that? In the early church days, the disciples, the apostles, when they came together, they greeted one another with this word, Maranatha. Simply just to denote, and the important fact there was to make sure everybody understands that our Lord and our Savior is going to come back very soon. Maranatha. Are you with me? And the disciples believed that Jesus was going to come back in their lifetime. And that's why you see a lot of early church Christians, they sold their properties, their inheritances and gave everything away to the church and missions. And, and that's one of the reasons why uh, uh, the, the, the early church flourished like never before. That churches were added, ministries were added and God started adding people to His New Testament church that we see in the existence even today. But listen, when the early church Christians came together, they always said, Maranatha, which means our Lord Jesus is coming back very soon. Hey, during the Christmas season, I want my family, my church to understand Jesus is coming back. That is the message I want to give out today and lay out the foundation here. Jesus is coming back for His bride. Jesus is coming back for His church. And we must be prepared. Hallelujah. I know whenever, you know, couples start wedding planning and we plan for almost a year, there are families of people who plan for almost two, three years. I know what you have to plan for two, three years, but you still plan for two, three years. Hey, listen, Jesus is coming back. Let us prepare this wedding plan to be with our savior. Guess what? He's already done the preparation. Holy spirit is with us to help us so that we groom the way God wants us. And listen. He wants us to be prepared for the holy matrimony that is yet to happen. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. This morning as I take my church's attention to um, the sermon that God has put into my heart. um, You know, I want to title today's message as something that, um, uh, uh, you you know, most of us will resonate, understand. And today I want to title my message as No Way Home. (laughs) <laughs> only few of them understood, the others are still trying to understand what is going on. Okay, no, it's okay. No way home. You know what? Every king in his uh, uh, kingdom would want to do things that benefit his citizens. Every king in his given kingdom want to do things that benefit his kingdom. And one of the things that you see in every kingdom that has occupied our space and place is that they have a good roadway system. When the British occupied many places around the world, one of the things that they did was to establish good roadway system so that the transportation was easier for the people and for their own empire. Listen to this. I want to take your attention towards something That in the New Testament, Jesus points out when he actually talks to his disciples and followers about the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 32 is where I want to camp for some time today. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 32 is a very familiar portion and we have read it at least once or twice or maybe in our Sunday school days, we have come across this portion. Let me read and it begins with, Jesus continued... There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. Who sent him to the field to feed the pigs. He, belong, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. And no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said... How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father's home and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and filled with compassion for him, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Verse 21. The son said to The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this Son of mine was dead, but is alive again. He was lost, but today he is found. So they began to celebrate. My message to my church today is the king, our father is waiting for us. The king, our father is waiting for us. You know, the enemy will always try to make us feel that there is no way home, but God in the Bible has already made the provisions for our comeback. God in the Bible had already made provision to celebrate the greatest comeback of His children. Zion Church. Distant country is where the scriptures mention to us that the young boy, the second child, wandered away. He took the wealth that his father had given and he just set off to a distant country. Some of us might be seated right here, but we are still engaged in A distant wandering place. We might be seated very close to the worship set. We might be seated very close to the sermon. We might be very close to every ministry of the church. But still... Might find our place in a very distant country to no matter whosoever that person is. Today, I want to declare there is a way back home and Christ is inviting us. There is a way back home and God is waiting for us. There is a way back home and our father, our king in heaven is waiting for his children, his sons and daughters to come back. Praise the Lord. As the scripture unfolds here, in the very first part of the scripture, you know, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. It was a total disrespect to his father that when the father is still alive, that the child, the children will come and ask him for his inheritance. Simply means that dad, I don't care anymore. I just wish you were dead because I can get my inheritance. I hope you're understanding this. While the dad was still alive, it was a total disrespect for the younger one to come and ask him for the wealth and the share, the inheritance. But still, the dad gave it away in the lavishness of his heart, in the care for his child. The dad gave away the wealth that the son desired and wanted. Son walked away, wandered away. In the ways of life, in the, in, the, in, the, in the mindset of enjoying the so-called pleasures of the world, the son wandered away, went to a distant country. You know, the enemy always wants you to wander away and go as far as possible from the father's house. That's what the enemy wants us to do. That the more we are closer to the father's house, father's house has grace and mercy. Father's house has peace and joy. Father's house has all the benefits that a child would need. Hallelujah. My father always used to say, Justin, as long as I'm alive, you will never starve. As long as I am alive, you will have in plenty. That's what my dad used to say. Even when we didn't have much, you know, my dad took early retirement from military to just plant a church in a very rural part of Bangalore. But he said, looked at us and said, As long as I am alive... I know my God is going to provide. But as long as I'm alive, you will not stop. That's the love of a father. Are you with me, church? I know there are many fathers in this room. You might have said those bold statements to your ch- children. As long as I am alive, you are protected. As long as I am alive, you are taken care As long as I am alive. And that's exactly what a father's house represents. Some of us, we might have walked away. Finding ourselves in a distant land, in a distant place, distant place, cut off from the source of the Father's house. Now feel yourself lonely. Ma, feel yourself, you're all alone and nobody to support you and nobody around you, nobody to take care, nobody to talk to you. You find yourself in a place that where Jewish people had nothing to do with, with the pigs. is trying to find his daily means by taking care of the pigs and also eating the pig's food. When you leave the father's house, oftentimes you find yourself in the midst of the pigs, the unholy. When you leave the father's house, you walk into places where you find yourself where a Christian should not be in. A child of God should not be in. He walked away. And now scripture unfolds. Jesus mentions he's seen among, among the pigs. Eating the parts of the pigs. Trying to fill his stomach trying to meet his daily needs. Nobody around him. The son has lost his glory that was covered on him at the father's house. Now he is walked away. He is walked. I pray that if there is anybody listening to my message today and you find yourself walking away or already at a distant place from the father's house it is an open invitation the enemy will always make you feel that there is no way home but god in the bible has already made the provisions and already decided to celebrate the greatest comeback of his children i pray people will come to the saving grace Of Jesus Christ. Last Sunday we had a family that came to our church. And um, this brother, uh, you know, I'm just going to share their story. Uh, I already asked their permission as I was talking to them. This brother was seated right in the front. And he's actually, um, you know, third generation believer. His dad was a pastor. His grandfather was a pastor. Now he grew up in the church. He grew up in the church singing hymns and songs and all of that. But over a period of time, he started hating church. Started hating everything about the church. His first wife walked away and got married again to a a sister from Tamil Nadu. And they both walked in and she was a Hindu, but then she came to the Lord. And now she's on fire for Jesus. But this guy, who's a third generation Christian, has already backslided. Finding himself in a distant land. Last week, as I was praying. And during the week when I was calling and talking to this brother... He said, Pastor, one word, he said, Pastor, I want to come back. I want to come back. I see my wife who was raised in a different uh, religious setting in a background. She's on fire for Jesus. I am born again. I'm in this for a generation and I want to come back. I feel, I sense myself to be in a distant land. And that's exactly what the son felt in scriptures Verse 17, it says, when he came back to his senses. When he came back to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? But here I am starving to death. You don't have to starve, my friend. You don't have to starve. Come back to the father's house. Father's house has in plenty. Father's house has everything that a child needs in their life. Father is inviting us. God, the King of the universe, who has set everything in order, He is inviting us for us to come back. At the return of Jesus... I pray that we will not be ashamed. That's what the scripture in the New Testament talks to us. That we will not be ashamed of the return of our Savior. That we will see Him and recognize Him as the Savior of our life. That we could be one with Him. Listen. To walk away from the Father's home is to walk away from His presence. The most dangerous thing in our life Or in the life of any Christian. Is to lose something. And not know you have lost it. Listen to this very carefully. The most dangerous thing about our life. Right? Is to lose something. And not know that we have lost it. And I pray. That in this season and walk of our life. That if there is that joy. The warmth of Christian fellowship that you have lost along the way. I pray that we, we recognize, we come back to our senses to recognize what we have lost. And the only thing that we could do and God wants us to do is to have a turnaround in our life. From the distant land that I am at, if only I can turn around, walk back to my father's house. It doesn't matter how far you have gone away, but one turn in your decision, one small decision that you make, my friend, heaven comes closer to you. One decision, your one small step, heaven comes closer. It doesn't matter how far you wandered away. It might be years away from God's presence. It might be things that you think you have done and you can't come back. My friend, one decision, one decision changes everything. Heaven is waiting for us. Father's house is waiting for our return. The most dangerous thing is to lose something and not know you have lost us. I wonder how many Christians in this room. We have lost the godly love that we must be carrying out. And we don't know that we have lost it. I pray. I pray that in this season and walk of our life. We recognize the missing elements of our life as a Christian. Come back to the Father's house. Verse 14 and 16. Sorry, verse 17 and 18. When you read, um, you know, you come across. When he came to his senses, he said. How many of our fathers, hired servants have plenty to eat but I am starving here I have nothing no food to spare and I'm starving to death now I will set out and go back to my father and say to him father I have sinned against you what does it represent what does it show it shows a total repentance look He walked away, wandered away, stepped away. All that is part of human life. The sinful desires that has come into his life. He wandered away. But then there was a total repentance in his heart. He comes back to the father's house and he says, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I love where there's a total justification from God that you see in In verse 20, so he got up and went to his father. But while, while he was a long way off, his father saw him as if the father was standing by the door and just waiting on his son to come back. Every single day, the day he walked away, the father is standing at the door just waiting for his son to come back. How many fathers here that you are waiting? Uh, you know, you don't have your dinner. You keep waiting on your children when they go out. It's 11 o'clock. You keep calling them. They don't answer. <laughs> you keep texting them. They don't. They're, they're <laughs> That's are lifting their hands. Amen. <laughs> My dad too. When I was in India, like recently, two months ago, I was like, dad, I'm married. Come on. You can do that. Like he keeps calling me every time. 11 o'clock, 1130. I'm like, hold on, please. That's the father's house. That's the father's heart. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. My message to my church today is the king is waiting for us. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, but he's our father. Our father is waiting on us. I I want, before this year ends, some of us who have lost our passion to serve God, some of us who have lost our passion to just, just be in his presence, lost in his presence, Especially during the season of all festives. You know, if we are gathered together to celebrate Christmas get-together, Thanksgiving get-together, you know, New Year Eve party and all that stuff. I pray that this will be a season for us to recognize as a family, husband and wife, children included, as a family. Just say, God, I want to come back to you. One simple thing. As an individual, if you're here by yourself, God, I want to come back to you. I want to come back to you. There's nothing else in this world that can ever satisfy me other than being in my father's house. Father's house has in plenty. You know, the Sunday school song that I'm reminded of is come and go with me to my father's house. My father's house has in plenty. It has in plenty. Now I'm inviting my church. Let's go back to the Father's house. Let's go back with this in our, in our decision, in our commitment, just a turn around and heaven comes closer to you. And that's exactly what you see. While he was still away off, his father saw him and filled with compassion for him, ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Even before, The son opened his mouth to say, Dad, I am sorry. Even before the son could express his mistakes to the dad, the dad already knows. He threw his arms around the son to say, Son, I love you. And I have been waiting for you. My doors are open for my children. Father is waiting today. No, there might be people in this room are listening to me. You don't have that. You don't have that connection um, with your earthly dad. Last week, after I preached, there was a young girl who walked up to me and she said, Pastor, you preached about the Father's love. I don't see that. I've never engaged that with my own earthly dad. But I'm thanking that I can be assured that I have a heavenly, heavenly father who cares for me. This morning, at the church here, if you're listening to me on the online platform, father's house is open for his children to come back. Listen, that's the exact thing the enemy wants to make you feel. The enemy will always put you in places. Where you think there is no way home. But God in the Bible has already made provisions for your greatest comeback. He's already made provisions to celebrate. You know what the father did? He came, he hugged his son, put a robe around him. The robe signifies the robe of righteousness around his son. That I am not made righteous by my own works or abilities. I am made righteous by the grace of my heavenly father. Not because of my works. Not because of my merits. But because of the grace of my heavenly father. He has put a robe around me. I was found in places that I shouldn't be in. I have filthy rags on me. He has removed my shame, my guilt away. And has put a robe of righteousness around me. He has covered me. I am no longer a slave. I am no longer somebody in the drain. He has picked me up from the miry clay. And put me on the rock to stay. For ages to come. I am known as the son and daughter of the living God. Hallelujah. How many of you believe you are the son of God? You are the daughter of the Lord? You and me, we have the greatest privilege. The Father's house is open for us. Can I have the worshiping behind me? Listen, as I'm going to wind up here. God's presence in our life, God's presence in our life can overshadow even the most overwhelming situation. The most overwhelming situation. What is that most overwhelming situation that you have walked through last week, last month? Last year. I know there are people seated here. And especially now, Malayalam said the first service. I know there were people. And even right now, there are people listening to me right now. You know, you didn't even know that you will have two more weeks to live. In other words, you didn't even know that you had two more days to live. But you are here right here, right now. Worshipping God. Why? Because even in the most overwhelming situation of our life. God's presence overshadows that. In the Father's house is the Father's presence. The Father's presence overshadows every overwhelming situation. Last week as I was preaching here, the Lord gave a prophetic word and I released it the way the word has to be released. And there was there was a person here, uh, I don't want to take names, there was a person here who had uh, more than $100,000 that was holed up and they wanted to have a breakthrough in their finances and I didn't know about it and I just spoke about it in the presence of God, in the presence of God. When the word was released, uh, uh the person just received it and within within the day or two, I believe, he texted me, Pastor, you prayed for it. Almost 100, 150, 175, I don't, I don't know the exact number but the finances that were hold up has been released. In the presence of God, your most overwhelming situation is always childhood. What is, what is that situation you and me are going through right now? It might be a doctor's report. It might be something that people have said about you but I am here to declare I don't care what people have to say. I don't care what the enemy has to say but in the presence of the Father every overwhelming situation is overshadowed and in Jesus name if you are under my voice today no matter where you are coming from God's presence will heal you today. Father's house. is Listen, there are two things that um, I I I loved. Um, you know, um, there was a conference once happening, and uh, in the conference, people were talking about this many years ago. People were talking about in the conference, um, what is that one thing that separates Christianity from many other religious groups? Many other religious. So the very big conference happening, and and so there was a ruckus, there was a conversation and chaos that was in the in the room. Uh, and then C.S. Lewis uh, walked in and he asked, w- w- what's the commotion about? What are you talking about? And as he walked in, he asked this question, what is going on? One of the organizers, organizers of the conference mentioned that they're, not, they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what is that one thing that separates Christianity from many other religious background? He looked at them and he said, hmm, why are you fighting about it? There's only one thing that separates. It's the grace of Jesus. It's the grace of Jesus. If there's one thing that separates Christianity from many other religious background, it's the grace of the Father. No matter where you are at today, one turn around to the Father's house. His arms are wide open. His arms are wide open. His arms are wide open. Being lost is the first step to getting found. Listen to this very carefully. Being lost is the first step to be to, to getting found. When you come to your senses of what has been lost, it's the first step to be found. Jesus answered in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the The way, the truth, and the life. Can we all rise up in God's house? No one comes to the Father except through me. I just want to repeat that statement, that scripture once again. John chapter 14, verse 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Today you might find yourself and the enemy has put in your heart all the lies that he's talked about you for years and months All those thoughts that have come to your mind, that there is no way home. I want to declare John chapter 14 verse 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way to the Father except through me. Brothers and sisters, it is our joy to have known Jesus. It is our joy and privilege to have such a Father who is lavishing His love over our life. A Father who is waiting for us. A Father who says my doors are wide open. I pray there might be families in this room, individuals in this room. You find yourself in a distant country. You find yourself distant from the presence of God. Maybe because of dirty church politics that you find yourself away maybe because of family such situations maybe because of relationships that have gone down I pray brother sister the father's house is open his arms are wide open and he wants to receive us the final thing that I want to talk to us here as you look to God the difference between mercy and grace listen to this the difference between Mercy and grace Mercy gave the prodigal son a second chance Grace gave him a feast Listen to this very carefully. What's the difference between mercy and grace in the same scripture that we were reading? mercy Gave the prodigal son a second chance, but grace Oh, come on somebody but grace but grace Prepare a banquet for Him, but grace. Prepare a table before His enemies, but grace. Provide what others cannot, but grace. You and me, we have found ourselves in a distant land. The mercy of God has given us a second chance, a third chance when we have decided to walk to Him. Heaven comes closer to us, but the grace of God has prepared a table for me in the midst of my enemies. Everybody said, I will not make it. People said and accused and throw me outside, betrayed me and backstab me. But God said, I have loved you and I'm waiting for you to come back. The Father's house is open for us. As we sing a song and surrender to God and worship and to honor Him I pray that some of us will make a commitment in this room. Lord, I'm coming back to you. I declare a prophetic statement in this room. God is preparing a banquet for some of our families. The grace of God is preparing a table before your enemies. Let's sing a-